Thanks for listening, Unplugged Army. I'm Louis Unga, General Manager at Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. We're proud to present Doug Franz Unplugged. Four minute offense. Four minute offense. Four minutes. Four minute offense. Four minute offense. Everything you need to know in sports that affects Maricopa County, the state of Arizona, and the world, you get in four minutes. We start things off in Vancouver, British Columbia. The Arizona Coyotes lost 2-1 at Vancouver. They were tied 1-1 after the first and then lost the lead late in the second, and no one scored in the third. Yet Andre Turney sounds like everything's all right. Oh, we played we played hard. We played solid. I think in the, they're a really good team. They're fast. They're, they're, they're good. In the first period, uh, my feeling after the period is that's the best team we played. Coyotes return home today. They take on the National Predators tomorrow. It's an afternoon game in Tempe. Face off 1 o'clock. The Lopes are 17-1. They beat Utah Valley 78-65, winning despite 21 turnovers. McLaughlin led all scores with 14. Now the team flies to Washington State today. They take on Seattle U in Seattle tomorrow, 8 o'clock. The Rising have found their new leader, and he was right there at home. Juan Gura left after winning the championship and became an assistant with the Houston Dynamo, so PRFC promoted Danny Stone from an assistant coach position. He's now the head coach. What's interesting about Coach Stone is he's from Liverpool, but he went to high school in Corona del Sol, so he's local. Their first preseason game, you ready for this, is a week from tomorrow against the Portland Timbers. Suns, they got a big game tonight. They've won eight of their last 11, and so has New Orleans. The Pelicans have won eight of their last 11. Frank Vogel says with the way they're playing, though, not only is it good, he says they're going to get better. Honestly, don't even think we've, we've scratched the surface yet of you know, what we're ultimately going to be, uh, hopefully the, you know, the last few weeks of the regular season going into the playoffs. Tip-off tonight, 6 o'clock. ASU. Bad loss to UCLA. If they have any dream of making the NCAA tournament, they got to fix it coming up tomorrow. They take on the Trojans at home. Tip off at noon. U of A, they're home against UCLA in what is the final matchup of conference opponents while being in Tucson. However, Coach Floyd has already said they will be playing UCLA again because of the heritage of that rivalry, and both teams will now be facing each other in the non-conference. The last conference game at Tucson is tomorrow, 2 o'clock. Four games for the NFL this weekend, and are you ready for this? There's only seven games left. Both one seeds play on Saturday. That'll be San Francisco. They're hosting Green Bay, and then Baltimore will be hosting Houston. Then on Sunday, it's the other games. Tampa Bay at Detroit is the early game at 1. Kansas City at Buffalo in the cold and the snow Sunday at 4.30. And finally, for all of you people from the north, you remember this very well. Do not drive behind a salt truck because this could happen. What this is? (laughs) A 21-year-old driver who didn't know to stay away from the truck got too close. And the truck, by mistake, opened up its entire load and dropped two tons of salt in the middle of the street. And she has left on an inclined plane as she drove up the entire hill of salt and had to be towed off the hill. (laughs) 
Sorry, sweetheart. Now, next time, let's ensure proper distance, please. Jackpot Unplugged Army. I feel like a true commander-in-chief to be able to give you such an unprecedented savings. Go to Unplugged at Whirlwind.com and check out the new membership club from Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Whirlwind Plus. Here's what you get. You sign up for a tee time anytime between now and five days from now, and you can save anywhere from a minimum of 30% up to 60% off plus 15% off at Civlik, the restaurant, and another 15% off in the pro shop. I'm telling you, you walk into the pro shop, get bowls, a shirt, and a hat, you walk over for happy hour with your wife, you might pay for your monthly membership right then and there. It's $34 a month, cancel anytime, or if you want to save even more, because that equals out to a little more than $400, you can get it for only $299 a year. Whirlwind Plus at Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Go to unpluggedatwhirlwind.com and feel the wind. I'm Janelle, General Manager of Bell's Nashville Kitchen, a.k.a. The Whiskey Wizard. Bell's isn't your typical country bar with mediocre bar food. We are a scratch kitchen with chef-inspired dishes in the only place you can get the best sandwich in all of Arizona, our Nashville hot chicken sandwich. Now, the drinks. I spend days infusing our own whiskey creations. Come in for Whiskey Wednesdays to learn about and drink our famous whiskey selection. We have live music most days and all weekend as part of our honky tonk brunch. Bell's Nashville Kitchen on Main Street in Old Town Scottsdale. You found home, down home. So I would say the last 24 hours of my life has been pretty insane. And yet, there's one unbelievably happy, redeeming quality. There's a green sign lit behind me with the words Friday from Lieutenant David. Yes, this is a beer Friday on Doug Franz Unplugged. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever it is that you decided to make Doug Franz Unplugged a part of your day, my family greatly appreciates it. My name is Doug Franz, and you have found the only podcast and TV show in the world totally devoted to the coverage of the four major sports franchises of one great American city that drops on your phone and your TV every weekday morning. We also cover ASU, U of A, GCU, the Rattlers, the Rising, and the Merc. This is Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. How are you? Oh my gosh. Has today been absolutely nuts already? And yesterday was absolutely nuts. Uh, and it's and I love it. I, I it just it, it you have two choices in life, really. When adversity smacks you in the face, what are you gonna do about it, Unplugged Army? Have I failed before? Absolutely. September of 2021. You! I was a disaster. But look! Look at me now. I'm a handsome fat man. I mean, it's, it's not. It's just the way it is. That's just life. And then you just work hard. Earn your pillow every night. Work as hard as you can. If you're not being treated well, let's find you something else to do. Work as hard as you can. Earn that pillow every night. And then on Friday, whatever gives you joy, oh yeah, that's your day right here. Go ahead and punch it for me, Izzy. It's a beer Friday. Absolutely. Here we go. Hooray beer. Oh yeah, hooray beer. 
here's here's part of the story, okay? And this is why it's exciting to talk about 100 Mile Brewing Company right now for a beer Friday. Part of my day yesterday, I I'm always careful. I don't want to say who it was because you never know if something may or may not happen. But Unplugged Army, a, a massive tip of the cap to you about uh, because of what might happen. So on Monday, I went to this place in Scottsdale. I'm wearing the hat. If you're listening to the podcast right now and you're not watching on WTSMTV.com, uh, it's my trophy hat. It's a trucker hat of a sports bar in Chandler. Really nice place. Two of my good friends run it, Jeff and Russell. And I was invited to come out Monday. And the owner said, hey, you know, I own this other business. Will you come out and talk to me on Thursday? I said, sure. So I go out there yesterday. I don't want to tell you who it is, only you deserve to know. But at the same time, I want to be careful just in case they decide not to do something. It's not fair to them to be going down the process of thinking about it. Maybe things don't work out. They don't do it. I don't want anybody to think something negative happened or they get blasted for some reason. So that's why I always keep it quiet when someone's thinking about advertising. But he sits there and we have a great conversation. He's really interested in doing something. And he says, you know what? Put something together and let's, let's sit down and get something done. Oh my gosh, was that exciting. I just I cannot wait to tell you who it is and how big this is for the Unplugged Army and how much it means to me that you have carried me for these two and a half years since I got fired. And then to have somebody that's a rock in the community basically show the rest of the town, I believe in the Unplugged Army. I believe in what they're doing. And I want to be a part of that. That that man, does that jack me up? And I can't wait to let you in on what's going to happen potentially with our NFL draft coverage. So all of that is like brewing. So I come off, off of that wonderful meeting, wonderful meeting. And let me tell you, let me give you a quick reason why it was such a wonderful meeting. And I, this is something that this is a great analysis for you to judge your boss why by. And if you are the employee employer, judge yourself by. The meeting I had yesterday was with the owner, and the other guy sitting next to me is kind of the guy in charge of the money. So he is there almost as a check and balance for the owner because the owner really cares about people and wants to spend and this guy knows his job is to make sure that he runs the numbers well enough to decide is this a good idea for our company and he will sit right there and disagree with you as the presenter me i don't like i don't consider myself a salesperson i just speak passionately about the unplugged army i i believe in you and therefore i sell you i got to be honest I I tell them how important you are and how trustworthy you are and how much you have helped me and my family, my family and I No way. how much you have helped my family and me, if you want to really know. And therefore, I I promote how you will transfer or translate your business to their company if you can. I don't want to overdo it because you've got a life, but. I cannot stress to you enough. There is no such thing as a free podcast from Doug Franz Unplugged if you're not doing those things. At least letting somebody earn your business. Man, if a place I send you fails, please give me one chance to fix it. Please tell me about it. And I can t- I know the owners of every company that's advertising. These aren't 
some place that's 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 located in Ontario, Canada that bought some time. Now, when I say that, you might hear other commercials every now and then on Unplugged if you're listening to the podcast. That's all been pushed upon the podcast by the podcast host. So if you're like, let's say you're listening on Amazon or Apple, they slide in some commercials. If it's somebody that you don't hear me talking about, just know I'm not getting anything from it. You are not having them reach out to you. They're just going through us. Okay, so, uh, hey, knock yourself out, whatever. Hijack our podcast. I, I can't do anything about it. But the people you hear me talk about, like a Parker and Sons heating, cooling, plumbing, and electrical, that is Paul and Justine calling me hours after I got fired. Upset. I should say after I got fired. Hours after they found out. They found out they immediately called me said how stupid of the decision they thought it was, how much they care about the family and me, and how they want to sponsor whatever I've got going on. Whatever I do going forward, they believe in me. Do you, I mean, do you know how that motivates you? That's the kind of people Parker and Sons are, let alone the fact that I was a customer of theirs for like six years before I ever started endorsing them. They were, a great co- they were and are a great company, irrelevant of me. So then it made it easy to talk about them, and then, and then they stick with me. It's stories like that that just get me so jacked up, and it's why I felt so positive in this meeting. Well, back to the story. The whole time we're there, the guy next to me, we'll just call him Bill because that's what his parents did, uh, keeps talking about, you know, well, we've got to watch out for this. We've got to watch out for this. But he's a friend, so he calls me afterwards. And he goes, I just wanted to make sure that, you know, everything's good. I wanted to tell you how great I thought you were, how great the meeting went. And I hope you're not upset. You know, I have I have my job to do. And what do I always say to you? You know, I always say you have a job to do and I have a job to do. And when I say that phrase, I'm kind of saying that more to athletes and coaches. You do your job. I got my job. And if you're going to have a problem with me doing my job, then that basically means you're not doing your job well or you're not focused on your job very well. That you get all bent out of shape because I'm doing my job. You know, that's how I feel. And, I, and it was in reverse. Like, who am I to get bent out of shape? Because this guy is talking about why there are reasons that the company shouldn't be doing extra advertising. And that was his job. I told him how much respect I had for his boss because how long my friend that I know, the, the no guy, <laughs> Bill No is what we'll call him, <laughs> is because how many times he's told his owner this isn't a good idea, and the owner did it anyway. And the guy says, you know what? I can sleep at night. I did my job. I told him what I thought. That's it. I have so much respect for that. One of the reasons I think that I got fired, and I've never brought this up, the old show, might, the old station might have a different opinion, was they continually, in my opinion, came up with a bunch of bad ideas. And I felt like it was my job to say, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. That's not going to work. And then when it didn't work, they blamed me because it didn't work. Like, oh, somehow I didn't put forward the effort that they needed or I because I wasn't a believer I caused this to go bad things like that instead of looking at the truth and say you know what that really wasn't a good idea we should have done something different now that's a totally opinionated statement 
and they don't have the microphone to say, you know, that Doug Franz, he's wrong about everything he's ever said. You know, that's it's only my opinion. Now, I say that to you because this company that potentially might advertise has a guy on staff that's not afraid to say his opinion and an owner that's not afraid to change his mind when the guy says no and another time says, no, I'm going to do this because I believe in what we're doing. I love that kind of dynamic makes everybody better always. So if you're an employee and you feel like no one listens to you, there's a very good chance they don't respect you that the way they should. Sometimes that's not the case. You might be an idiot. Okay. It might be your ideas are dumb. Okay. I don't know. We've got to look at it both ways here, but truthfully, the best jobs or where there's open communication. But you have to have a class that once you say your piece, be quiet, don't complain, work as hard as you can. There are some guys that might even be right. They might know you're doing this wrong. But after they communicate that they think you're doing it wrong, they turn into this jerk hoping that they're proven right, hoping that you're wrong, hoping that they can kind of mock you. And they sit around and keep complaining after that. Don't mess with those types of people. Okay? Because they're not interested. That, that's a level of arrogance that's unexplainable. And the reason why I say that, and, and this, is a, this is an autobiographical sketch here, is because they can't handle being wrong, so they must hope that you are. And the story I will always give you on that, I will never forget my owner in Alabama having this idea of selling t-shirt remotes because he had the Alabama logo. He earned the right in the negotiations to have the Alabama logo. And he printed off 73 t-shirts because we were 730 the ump. And all the sales staff had to sell remotes to give out these t-shirts. And guess what everybody sold? They sold my show. And in those days, there were no talent fees. So I had to go set up the remote, do the remote, tear down the remote, hand out the T-shirts, promote the business, get no extra money for it. And I said, this is a dumb idea. The average listener at the time my show was just called the Doug Franz Show. I had no creativity. There, there's no way people are going to be coming out to, buy, to, uh, to get these free T-shirts. All right? It's just dumb. People that listen to my show make too much money to drive across town to earn a T-shirt. The show was from 3 to 6 every weekday afternoon at the time. Every remote by 2.30, there was a, a crowd out front of whatever business I was at. And every day from about 4.30 to 6, people would show up asking for a t-shirt and I had to say, we're out. So all of these salespeople made money. I did all the work. I got no money, and the t-shirt idea was a smashing success, and I specifically said this would never work. (laughs) The next year, Alabama's 12 football games, I had 10 of the t-shirt remotes sold. I mean, I went out there in January and sold those bad boys. Like, that's not happening to me again. But... I still gave all I had despite my non-belief. And I learned just how wrong you can be. So if you totally disagree with your boss, hopefully your boss is strong enough of a human being and good enough of a leader to hear your honest opinion if you give it fairly 
you're not a jerk about it. But then once you walk out of that room, you understand you're the employee. You give it all you've got. And if it doesn't work, but the employer knows you gave it all you got, you will have their immortal respect. And if it doesn't, and if it does work and you go into his or her office and say, hey, I just want to let you know I was wrong. Great idea. Glad to work here. They will respect you again. And I saw that in this company. And man, I can't wait to tell you more about it. So that's that story. Okay. So then I'm driving away. And with the day being that great, I admit to you, I said a prayer on the drive home. I don't usually talk about, like I, I talk about my religion so you have a frame of reference, but I always try to be careful not to dump my religion on you because I don't want to get in the way of your religion. Or if you're non-religious, I want to be fair that I know this is a sports talk show, even though it's kind of about my life a little bit. Well, I said, I said a prayer about of thanks of how well things went in that meeting. And I swear, I didn't hear the voice, but I, I swear I had a calling. And it just said, text 100 Mile Brewing. Now, if you don't know the story, 100 Mile Brewing, the owner of 100 Mile Brewing, going through something a little bit personal and asked to take a quick break on the advertising. And that, that kind of hurt me, I admit to you, because you were fantastic. You supported a new sponsor like almost better than any sponsor I've ever had in a quick way okay you're doing great on the other sponsors but for some reason there was just an explosion I know they made money on their advertising and yet what do you mean you want to you want to take a break it's working oh my gosh and I but I took a breath and I thought you know what that's not fair she's going through a tough time let's just relax let's relax so I, I took a step back and then I felt like with everything going so great, I texted 100 Mile Brewing Company and I said, hey, how are you doing? And she texted back, man, thanks for checking in. Things are going really well. I, 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 I'm thinking a little more clearly after going through some personal stuff. Let's get together and talk about starting again. And I texted her back and I said, this was a personal text. I, I'm not talking business. I just want to make sure you're doing okay. And she was thrilled with that to know that I'm I'm not a cheesy sales guy. It's just you've got to be right before the business is right. And now both are right. And she said, you are coming next week. Let's get going. Uh, so that's why today is still Beer Friday presented by 100 Mile Brewing Company, rural Tempe uh, or in Tempe on rural Scottsdale and 202. Cheers. Oh, my gosh. So I'm, I'm in such a great mood. And hopefully I can pass that on to you. Uh, all right, sound credits today. Sun's PR department gave us some uh, Frank Vogel and Grayson Allen I want to get to. And the Coyotes PR department gave us the uh, Andre attorney that I want to get to. And I think that's all of my sound credits. Izzy is uh, filling in for uh, Izzy. Are you still in the control room? Because I don't have I don't I don't have a camera on you. Yep. Oh, good. Izzy is nice enough to fill in for Jeff, and it's it's going to be crazy because Izzy's got to get ready for Steve's show. He's the producer of the main event. Then he's got to get ready for his show, which is normally what he's doing right now. And instead, he's running uh, everything for me. Uh, how's your life? What did you, what did you do this week with uh, without a Suns game since the beginning of the week? 
Oh yeah, it's been boring. I've been uh, <laughs> filling time to talk about Pacers, to talk about the Indiana Pacers and the trades that they've made. Yeah, I'm 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 a fan of it, but I I love the draft. So I don't know if I ever want to give up three first round picks. That was my yeah, that was my exact problem with that trade. Is it? Yeah. And I, I also you. asked them why they worried about the Suns, and quite frankly, they said no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I look I look at that and say, you know what? For Siakam, one draft pick, absolutely. Two. All right, if you really feel like you need to do something and maybe he'll get rejuvenated because I think he was a good player and now he's okay. But I understand that's a weird situation in Toronto right now. Okay, whatever. Three, no way. No, no. We can debate two. No way three. I, I'm yeah. with you if you question that one. Uh, anything else you got coming up today on, on Izzy on Sports? Uh, well... I won't. I'll be lying to you if I said I wasn't terrified about now <laughs> what's going to happen to today's show. Yeah, that's a great point. So, unplugged army, do me a favor. If you are listen, if you're already, if you're the type of person that you work a blue collar type gig and you can't be watching television at work, I totally get it. But for all of you that are either white collar dudes or you work at home or you can sit in an office and have your computer on. Find a way today to get on at 10 in the morning, watch Izzy on sports, and even be his producer today. Email him stories, Isaiah at WTSMTV.com. Help him out today because he's the one helping us uh, in the Unplugged Army. All right, that's it. Let's roll. Doug's big one. Doug's big one today. My number one opinion that I've got going on. The trade deadline is coming up in about three weeks. We just talked about the Raptors trade. It's officially February 8th, so just starting week number two of February. And the rumors are going on like crazy of trading Grayson Allen. I never thought the day would come in my life where I would ever say anything like this. But to the Phoenix Suns, don't be stupid, okay? You need a point guard. I would love it because I love the draft if we could fulfill all of the lost draft picks that we've traded away in the last, uh, I would say, nine months. I would love that. And I understand that Grayson Allen is one of the few tradable commodities that we really have. And you know what? Grayson Allen is outplaying whatever you think you're going to get back in compensation unless we're being dumb and when i say what do you mean when we're being dumb i mean okay am i trading grayson allen for shea gilgis alexander uh yes is oklahoma city uh no okay so if you want to be dumb of course you want tyrese Maxey. of course i i thought kobe white should have been drafted ahead of cam johnson of course you know i'm fine some of you might disagree with grayson allen for kobe white i have to admit i love kobe white but we can talk about different point guards and unless you're being ridiculous none of them are playing that that what a team would actually get rid of are playing like grayson allen right now like, the words I'm going to say make no sense in what we thought going into the year. But I seriously challenge you to argue with me on this point and say that I'm wrong about what I'm about to say to you. There have been multiple games in the 2023-2024 Phoenix Sun season that were wins that would have been losses without Grayson Allen. Yes. 
with Kevin Durant, Hall of Famer, with uh, Devin Booker, probable Hall of Famer. The games were won because Grayson Allen's on the team, and they would have been losses without him. Now, unless you're bringing in somebody that is going to be able to say the same thing in a multiplied fashion versus Grayson Allen, please, these trade rumors have got to stop. Now, I'm not saying James Jones needs to come out and tell us, hey, I want to let, I want to shoot down every Grayson Allen trade rumor because, of course, everybody's expendable. Everybody. And when, I, when you say, what do you mean everybody? Listen. I know this is stupid, but if the 76ers call and say, we'd like to trade you Joel Embiid and three first-round picks for Kevin Durant, what are you going to do? Uh, okay. So I, I, other than the stupid, we're not trading Grayson Allen. Don't do it. And if I'm James Jones, I don't say this publicly, but I go to Grayson Allen and I just, and I say, I just want to let you know about trade rumors, Okay. I'm not going to talk to you about trade rumors ever again, but I want you to know the way things stand right now. If somebody gives us a stupid deal, we're going to take it. I mean a deal that's so good that your wife would agree, trade my husband. Okay? If your wife thinks it's a good trade, we're going to do it. Other than that, ignore it. Ignore it. Ignore the trade rumors. Because... The way you're playing, we're not touching you. I think that's that should be said. And I'm sick of the trade rumors about Grayson Allen. I think that they are just ridiculous and awful. And the way he is playing, he has been absolutely phenomenal. So there's Doug's big one today. And you know what? Since I'm on that topic, um, let's go ahead and stay uh, on the – I tell you what, I haven't had a chance to sit down with Izzy and go over a game plan. So, Izzy, let's hit break two right now, and then I'll come in and I'll give you the game plan of what we're going to do today. I want to talk Suns. I want pretty heavy Suns. I got a little bit of Coyotes I want to touch on. And then I've got some really important NFL numbers to go over to talk about this weekend's games. So let's do Suns. Let's do Yotes. Let's do some hardcore NFL playoffs. That's all coming up next. This is the home of the Arizona Rattlers and the Tucson Sugar Skulls. This is WTSMTV.com. Thanks for watching. Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Here is Sue Riggler on starting 100 Mile Brewing Company. What started 100 Mile Brewing Company is I actually have a degree in microbiology from ASU. Go Devils. And went back to school. I found out that UC San Diego had a brewing program, so I enrolled in that. And with the intention of opening a brewery, I came back to Tempe because it's Sun Devil country. I wanted to open a brewery in Tempe, which fresh it never gets old is our tagline. And I'm pretty much a stickler about fresh beer. It's got to be fresh. Otherwise, it's not going to be served here. So in the Franz household, we have an air conditioning unit, an air scrubber, a reverse osmosis system, and a tankless water heater all purchased from Parker & Sons. Why? Well, number one, because we trust them. We got to know Parker & Sons about six months into living in Phoenix, and they've showed up on time, got it right the first time, and treated us great every single time. So why would we go anywhere else? The other thing I like is some of the products have even saved us money. The reverse osmosis system gives us bottle quality water from a tap. And then the tankless water heater, I can't even imagine how much money it has saved us. We never run out of hot water, even on holidays when people are coming in to visit. 
and it doesn't heat up water and then just let it sit in a tank. It only heats it up as we use it. So we only use the electricity when we need it. And our air scrubber takes allergens and bacteria out of the air, which has just been a dream for my wife and my youngest daughter, who have some pretty heavy allergies. Call 6022-REPAIR to learn about these products. That's 602, the number two, that R-E-P-A-I-R for Parker and Sons. A lot going on in the Franz household this weekend. We, uh, I'm golfing today at, uh, at the Wigwam. And, and by the way, you might go, Doug, wait, you just talked about whirlwind, 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 and now you say you're golfing at the Wigwam. Well, number one, I've been a member of the Wigwam for a long time. And uh, there's a story behind that. Don't think, I, I don't want you to think that uh, I can actually afford a country club membership. And I can't, but there's a long story there. <laughs> but then uh, Whirlwind's the one that came calling and says, we love the Unplugged Army. We want to be a part of it. And so that's why I talk about both of them. And Whirlwind is so cool. They say, hey, we totally get it. There's other golf courses. We want every golf course to do great. So we have our Unplugged event coming up February 23rd. Please remember that, February 23rd. So then... It's kind of cool. You can give your wife or your girlfriend on February 14th a Valentine's Day present that says the two of us are golfing next Friday, or it can be I'm golfing and you're getting a spa treatment next Friday. We'll also try to work in a room discount for you to be able to uh, have a room that Friday night, but you've got a whole week and a half, so it's not like you're whisking off that weekend right after Valentine's Day, so you can kind of plan it out. So it's pretty cool. February 23rd is that event. Well, I'm golfing today, then I'm going to work tomorrow night. I have a college buddy who just out of nowhere texted me yesterday and said, hey, I'm in town. Can you get us a tea time somewhere Saturday morning? I need a foursome. You can play with us. What do you think I am? Well, I succeeded. So I got us one. And so we're golfing tomorrow. So I got two rounds of golf. And Jennifer has a whole, like, an eclectic group of people coming over Saturday night. I don't know who all is coming over, but it's like a bunch of people that don't know each other from different friend groups. And it's kind of weird. And so if you're, and you know who you are, if you're friends with Jennifer and you're hearing this, Go ahead and come over Saturday night. I don't care. I don't know what's going on. I'm probably going to be working. <laughs> but there's, a, there's all kinds of stuff going on at the Frauds household uh, this weekend. Oh, and then one more thing. I don't know why I'm so full of stories today. I, I don't know if you saw my tweet yesterday. I just want to give a shout out to Brandon. I have no idea who Brandon is. Brandon lives seven miles away from me. Wrong house number wrong street address and barely the correct zip code but yesterday morning at my front door thursday morning my front door there was a burger king breakfast and coffee from yesterday sitting at the front door so brandon i didn't eat it i threw it away sorry but i figured a 27 uh it was probably about a yeah about a 27 hour old breakfast sandwich and coffee is probably not good for you so i didn't need it but i have it it's in my trash can if you need it all right uh jeff we're production what do we do we uh what do we have sound wise are we good uh he's getting allen 2 in right now it's 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 exporting now 
Sun stuff today. I, I want to do a deep dive into the Suns because this game against New Orleans and really this stretch of where the Suns are right now, I mean, they, it can be acted like it's not that big of a deal, but we're at a very weird spot where there's a season is so long. Okay, we all know it. It goes until the middle of April. We've got plenty of time if you want to look at it like that. However... At what point are things going to really get going? Because I would say, if you look at the trade deadline of February 8th, we've really got three to four weeks to really show there's something here. And what's interesting about that timeline is if you're Frank Vogel, you're trying to argue, hey, we've won eight of our last 11. So we are moving in the right direction. Well, I would challenge that a little bit because think about those teams. Houston, Charlotte, not good. Orlando, okay. Actually, Orlando's winning. I just can't believe it. Portland, not good. Lost to a good team in Miami. Excuse me, lost to a good team in the Clippers. Beat Miami, but the win against Miami was without Jimmy Butler, so I'm not all that impressed. And uh, Grayson Allen carried you. A loss to a bad Memphis team without Ja Morant. A loss again to the Clippers because you couldn't compete. Then you beat a 10-seeded Lakers team. You beat another bad Portland team. And then you stunk for three quarters against Sacramento and had an epic comeback. So, yes, the Suns have won eight of their last 11. But the competi- it's been in a stretch of weak competition. Now, that's better than the alternative. At least you didn't lose to... Uh, to bad teams. It's one thing to beat bad teams, but at least you didn't lose to bad teams. That means you're really bad. But when you beat bad teams and brag about it, like, who are you? Now, of course, Frank Vogel didn't really sit there and brag about it. But what he, he keeps repeating, we've won eight of our last 11. We've won eight of our last 11 because he's trying to promote things are going well. And I'm in this vein where I've seen too many crappy first quarters, too many crappy fourth quarters, and I can see you're playing crappy teams. So I'm not excited that you're winning. I, I, I don't believe in it. I don't care that you're winning. That's how I feel about it until you start showing that you're a championship team. I admit to you, and I don't want you to think I'm a hypocrite. If this team was in year one of Chris Paul – and Devin Booker and D.A. and Cam Johnson and uh, Mikhail Bridges, and they pick up eight, win eight of their last 11, I'm telling you, start believing. I'm getting excited because I think this team might win some playoff games. You know that, So it's exciting because we're building something. This is supposed to be a championship team. So I don't care that you've won eight of your last 11 against weak opponents. Tell me when you beat good people. What I know about that stretch of games is that you lost to the Clippers twice. And neither of them were good games for you. So what are we going to do going forward? That's what I care about. Well, here are these games. At New Orleans, good team. At or uh, Home against the Pacers, good team. Home against the Bulls, not good, but they can win. And then a massive one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven-game road trip, okay? That's what we've got to basically get us between now and Groundhog Day. Now we're going to find something out. So good job of winning eight of your last 11, but what is right now? Now, just a second ago, I told you about I wanted to talk about 
um, a couple different things, and I mentioned in Doug's big one, Grayson Allen, and the trade rumors. Grayson was asked yesterday about getting his head around trade rumors. Um, I think my, my name has been in some someone's tweet every year since I've been in the league, so um, I hardly pay any attention to it. Uh, usually it brings a smile to my face because it's a little funny, but uh, uh, I've I've loved playing here this season. I love playing with this team. Uh, I don't want to be traded, so not not worried about it. Is it? He's used to it. I'm not worried about it. I, I'll tell you, I'm worried about it. Because he's the only tradable commodity, and I do believe this team needs a point guard. I think the Suns believe they need a point guard, and then I don't want them to do something drastic to get a point guard like trading Grace Allen. The problem is you don't have any draft picks to trade, and nobody else wants your players. Now, when I say that, of course, they want Grayson Allen, they want Devin Booker, they would want Kevin Durant on the team, they would want Bradley Beal. Yes, they would want those guys. And I think they would want Nurkic, too. So you look at it from that, you know, it's easy to sit here and say, they got to trade for a point guard. Okay, who are they going to trade? Uh, I would put together Metu and Azabuke and uh, Bates Diop, and I'd trade for Shea Gildas Alexander. Yeah, okay. What do you think the other team would do? Would the other team do that? No, but I would do it for the Suns. Okay, what do you think? The, you know, the other team has to say yes to your trade proposal, and, and they have – they have NBA uh, League Pass, too. You know, they, they've seen some of the games. Yeah, I do that. Okay. <laughs> I'm talking to a wall here. Real legitimate trades that have a potential of happening. The Suns don't have anybody to give away unless they give away Grayson Allen. I'm not doing it. Grayson Allen says, I want to stay. Well, he, is, he has done too much. Now, when you talk about the Grayson Allen game, um, I like how it's developing, and he looks like a different player. I'm going to get to that in just a second, but now I want to shift into some of the things that Vogel is saying about being winning 8 of 11, why he likes what he sees right now. Absolutely. You know, it's uh, we're growing every day. You know, uh, even from the film, you know, the, the first three quarters, you know, which we watched that too. We didn't just watch the comeback today. Uh, we, we could have been better to not get down 22. Uh, but also, you know, the, the resolve we showed, you know, and to not give up on the game, to continue to believe in what we uh, what we can do uh, with the three-point shooting we have out there, with the lineup that we put out there. And, um, you know, the, the never-quit mindset. The reason why that was good is it was simple. Hey, we watched the first three quarters that were terrible. That Sacramento game, they were terrible. Now, I was more bullish on the fourth quarter feeling good because Sacramento's good. I listened to Steve McCollum on the main event, and he totally disagreed with me, and I just wanted to repeat what he was saying because it's two, in my opinion, very good points of view. You decide where you are. Either the fourth quarter is this crazy anomaly for a team that's been terrible in the fourth quarter. I'm not going to believe you because you had one good fourth quarter all year. I'm going to look at the body of work and say your problem was the first three quarters and you just kind of got rolling in the fourth. I'm ignoring it. Now, Steve does not need me to reiterate his opinion, but that's kind of where he was going. And I looked at it and I did, and maybe I'm being optimistic cheeseball here, I looked at it and kind of said, finally, finally, 
something happened where the pieces started coming together a little bit. And there's also a confidence brewing. So you can see Frank Vogel's with me. However, that's not to say I know more than Steve because the coach agrees with me. Because out of the three of us, who's trying to sell you something? (laughs) Only Frank Vogel's trying to sell you and his players something. I'm just giving you my opinion. Steve's just giving you his opinion. It's Frank Vogel that's trying to sell something. So maybe he's the least of the three of us that you should be believing right now. I just think that when the way they've been struggling, they needed that. It just makes you take a breath a little bit. And if they, that's why this stretch of games is so huge. If they fall on their face in this stretch of, I'm going to ballpark it at about 10 games, but basically between now and February 4th, it's official. The Suns are full of crap and we'll know it. And then. I would actually cut bait. Now, I'm a little hesitant here. I said cut bait on the Diamondbacks last year, too. So, I got to wear one. Now, my opinion on cutting bait has to wear one. If I'm the general manager of the Arizona Diamondbacks, all of those great memories last year probably don't happen. I would have bailed on the season the way they were playing at the end of the year. I would have. I'm looking at the Suns, though, built for a championship, not playing well, and now I'm sitting here telling you based on one fourth quarter, hey, let's see, let's get excited. Okay, I might be the one that's drunk off of one beer on Beer Friday, thanks to 100 Mile Brewing Company. But the question becomes, what are you going to do now? What are you going to do now? And there's Frank Vogel saying, we're getting it. We're getting it. He's happy. The next one from Coach Vogel is kind of looking at how these pieces are fitting together based on that fourth quarter. Yeah, and I, I honestly don't even think we've, we've scratched the surface yet of you know, what we're ultimately going to be, uh, hopefully the, you know, the last few weeks of the regular season going into the playoffs. You know, we're going to continue to, to tweak and evaluate um, with, uh, with our roster okay, and, and different personnel. Uh, but with how we're using, you know, those guys as well. And, um, you know, I just think there's a, there's a growth mindset with this group that is really healthy and really positive. And, um, you know, we're off to a, a pretty good start, you know, from a standpoint of these guys playing together healthy. And uh, hopefully it continues to grow. Who says you need two Achilles to run? My throat was hated. I decided to go get some water and I ran to the fridge. And then I realized really something important when Frank Vogel was done talking that I wasn't ready to talk yet. (laughs) And now you know why I've got to get on that bike. Anyway, when he talks about we're still not done yet, when he talks about, you know, we're going to continue to grow, you can tell he is totally selling something. But I really don't believe he's lying to us. I think he's talking to the players. I think that's the message to the players. The reason why that fourth quarter was so important was not only, of course, just the hardcore basketball stuff. But the way a coach will phrase it, especially to a veteran-laden team, is that, see, here's the things I've been asking you to do. And here's an example of where you did it. Here's an example of where you did it here's an example of where you did it and you go through that fourth quarter and point out not just all the things they did right but all the things they did within the concept of what's being coached 
Frank Vogel has proved beyond a shadow of a doubt in the NBA with the job he did in Orlando and Indiana that he is a fantastic coach. Yes, I said that. Fantastic coach in the way that he coaches young teams. In the way that he lifts you up and helps you mesh and you become better than your parts. He knows the game really, really well. There's one catch. He has not been able to prove that he can handle a star-laden team. Now, other people might totally disagree with me on that because you can easily say, hey, this guy won a championship. You're right. He has. But I have my opinion. And man, like if I ever get a beer with Frank Vogel, I admit I don't want him to hear this opinion. I don't. But I got a job to do. And my job is to tell you what I think. And I would hate for him to be this mad at me if he knew this opinion of mine. And there's been awards I've won as a talk show host that somebody might have an opinion. That guy didn't deserve it. He won it because of this, because of this, because of this. And just cheeseballed his way into an award. And my wife and I would be fired up at you. So I get it, Frank, if you don't like this opinion. But I look at your championship, and I think it's kind of cheeseball for this reason. And I'm not being unfair to you. It's not your fault at all. But I don't look at it and say you outcoached anybody. I look at two things. You were in the bubble, so there's zero real pressure. It's basically you were the best team of an open gym in high school when you've got the best player in LeBron and you've got a guy in Anthony Davis that is the king of choking in front of road crowds in the playoffs. He always cowers to the pressure. Suddenly you drop him into a 500-person crowd in an open gym. He plays up to his level of talent, and nobody doubted. Anthony Davis is one of the most talented players to ever even touch a basketball. Yes, I said that. If you don't know the Anthony Davis story, he used to be a point guard in high school, freshman and sophomore year. And then, right before he went to Kentucky, sometime around his junior year in high school, he seriously grew like nine inches in 18 months. Obviously, I'm kind of over-exaggerating, but not really. So he took all of his point guard skills, and now it's dropped into a 6-foot-10-inch body. But he has a history of choking. He can't handle the pressure. He's fine in New Orleans as this wonderful player because it's New Orleans. Nobody cares. But once he got into postseason games, it's like, oh, man, he'd fall on his face. But then you drop him into the bubble, it was easy. So, Frank, nobody doubts you've got two of the best, most talented players to ever play basketball, and now you drop him into open gym and you win a championship. I'm sorry, I can't really say, wow, you were awesome. And then that veteran-laden team ran you out. That's the truth as I see it. Okay, those are my version of the facts. Some of that actually happened as far as they did win the championship in the bubble. It was like an open gym, blah, blah, blah. I am speculating to my belief of what the reasons were for that to happen. So this is very huge for Frank Vogel to prove to veterans I can coach stars. It's huge for us for that to be proven, not only for success this year, but any other trades they can make in the future to bring in another star. you got to be able to have a guy that can handle those level egos. And if he proves it now, other people might come. 
So listening to Frank Vogel, almost everything he keeps talking about is how we're getting better, how we're getting – he's cheeseball positive, but I think he has to be. And right now they have won eight of their last 11, even though I'm kind of looking at it a little squirrely saying, all right, so okay, good job. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you for being the best team on the floor when you play Charlotte. Good job. Now, what about those Clippers games? Huh? Let's go. And this is a stretch of games where we'll get to find out. Uh, okay, now let's go back to Grayson Allen. I really like the comments of KD. KD spoke uh, before in the shoot-around, before the last game against Sacramento, and then spoke again as Grayson Allen became the only son in the history of the organization to ever make nine threes in two separate games in the same season. And he talked about how he sees a growth in Grayson Allen's game because he just had a small role to play in Milwaukee. He had a role to play in Memphis. Now it's not play your role. It's create and and or score. Go score. And if somebody shuts you down, get rid of it. But it's up to you. Score in any way you can. Go be you. And so that has led Grayson Allen to driving the ball a lot more than I've ever seen him drive. And then I didn't realize this, but the great reporter Dana Scott did the analytics and knows that this is the most drives in one season in Grayson Allen's career. He's being that aggressive in attacking the 10. How come, Grayson? KD was talking about how things have changed a little bit for you and how your role is so different than when you were in Milwaukee. What are you seeing? Yeah, it's a little bit different style of play. Um, You know, we have four or five shooters facing the floor, and we're getting in the drive and kick. Like, you can get multiple drives in, multiple actions, multiple kicks. When you're playing with Giannis, uh, 70, 80% of the time, they're already going to have five people in the paint because of Giannis. So if you pass up a three and drive it, you're not going to go anywhere. Um, it's so, a drop. Yeah, and there's already four people. And Giannis collapsed five people to the paint. Like, you don't need to re-attack that. Um, so most of the time, you're going to be in a position where you have to shoot it. So naturally playing with them, you're going to drive the ball less. Um, so with us, we're getting a lot of kick ahead. So I'm able to drive in transition, a lot of swing-swing where I'm attacking a closeout. Um, and in the last month or so, getting run off the three-point line a little bit more. The reason why I'm really impressed with that answer, number one, is is he's not trying to promote himself in a way like, I've always been great. But really what he's trying to say is, what was my role? And doesn't that make sense? It's so hard to stop you, Dennis, uh, Dennis Giannis Adenakumbo that they have to pack the paint. I don't know how much Milwaukee Bucks basketball you watch. The only player in the league that really stops Adenakumbo is Adenakumbo. When he, when he tries to say, look, I'm a complete player. I can shoot threes. Like, actually, no, you can't, Giannis. Like, you can stand 23 feet from the basket and throw it at the rim. Yes, you can do that. But you're a disaster out there, and it's so dumb because there are five people in front of you that can't stop you. And then you say, I know, I'll shoot from here. It's awesome. Every team in the league says, yes, every time Giannis shoots a three. Every coach from Milwaukee says, no, every time he shoots a three. And listen, he's Giannis Adenokounmpo. He decided to sign for max money in a small city. 
Milwaukee loves him, so no one in the city is going to say, stop doing that. They're just going to say, Giannis, we're glad you're here. We really appreciate you liking our little town. But could you please, please, every now and then, fake the three? They just kind of beg him. Well, here's Grayson saying, there's a reason for me to drive in there, but it's not like I can't do it. And his game has increased in confidence with the Suns. It's it's working wonderfully. So since I told you that this was kind of a conversation spurred by Kevin Durant, let's get back to KD. Frank Vogel was asked a good question, and it was, Frank, after the game, Kevin Durant told us he spoke with you in the offseason and demanded, wanted, said, hey, don't hide me on the worst offensive player on the other team. Give me one of their top guys. Don't hide me. I want to play defense. I want to win. I'm ready to do what I'm asked to do. And this was an interesting answer by Frank because he doesn't necessarily say I'm going to take him up on that all the time. Yeah, it's uh, just like he said it. You know, um, you know, he said, hey, you don't have to try to hide me on uh, weaker, weaker offensive players. Um, you know, that I can, and when I want that challenge, you know, regarding the other team's top guy. And, you know, my response is always, well, you know, we'll, we'll manage certain games to try to save your legs some and, you know, uh, you know, save some of those situations for the fourth quarter, you know, when we need, need it most. Um, but he's always been willing to take uh, whatever matchup uh, we, we offered him. And he's even even asked uh, to be on certain guys to help slow, slow guys down, you know. So, um, you know, that's a, a real credit to him as a competitor and as a winner. I actually think this is a point to be highly critical of Frank Vogel. I don't think Vogel, I love that answer, and I don't think he's done a great job of implementing that exact answer. I think that there's been too many times, like I know this in the Chicago Bulls history, Michael Jordan did not guard your best player until your best player thought he was going to help the team win. (laughs) And then, at some point in the game, if somebody got hot, boom. Michael's engaged, and he's stopping you. And somebody else is going to have to beat you. Michael Jordan was a fantastic defensive player. Now, it's fair to argue Scottie Pippen played good defense, sometimes great, for 48 minutes. Now, obviously, he wasn't on the floor for Florida Union, but every minute Scottie Pippen was on the floor, he was engaged defensively. It was rare anybody ever beat Scottie Pippen. Michael did not play great defense every single second. He had to rest himself a little bit. But if you ever beat him to the hole, oh, boy, it's on. It's on. And you just woke him up. And if you got hot away from Michael... Michael would not ask the coach, I'm here. Michael would tell the coach, I'm now guarding him. You figure out what you're doing with the other four. I'm stopping that guy. So on the one hand, KD, don't ask in August, I want the tougher defensive assignments. Tell the coach during the game, I'm now doing this. I'm now taking this guy. And at the same time, Frank, Why wait until the fourth quarter? If somebody gets off in one of these first quarters, because we're the crappiest first quarter team, how about this? How about putting Kevin Durant on him now? 
I think we're we're done with the you know what we've got to save his legs. We'll you know we got to get ready for the postseason. We no no if you don't start establishing an intense a culture of intensity now, you will not have time to turn it on in the playoffs. You haven't done enough now to say we can turn it on in the playoffs. You are barely a playoff team, and you certainly won't be a successful playoff team unless you figure out the intensity factor. And putting Durant on their best scorer, as their score starts getting off in the first four or five minutes of the game, that sends a signal to everybody. We're not playing with the intensity that we should. So because of you, even though you're calling out all five, I've now got to go to this drastic measure. I've got to waste the legs of one of our best players who's old in order to stop this run because you guys didn't play good collaborative defense. I like that message. That message needs to be sent. And maybe you will tire out Kevin Durant in January. Maybe you will. But you know what will happen? People will get the message and play better in February. And then he'll get his rest. They'll play better in March. And then he's got his rest. You want to rest him for the playoffs, start raising the intensity now so the rest of the team comes along. I like Frank Vogel. But I think this is a great conversation to have of a little bit of exposure on what he needs to do to be better. Uh, One more from Grayson Allen, if you don't mind. This goes back to the topic that we talked about. And uh, Grayson Allen doing the weirdest rip job I've ever heard on a crowd, saying the crowd was so incredible in the fourth quarter that it was the top five regular season crowd he's ever heard in his life. And he's asking, we need that from you the whole game. Some people take it as this is ridiculous. You expect the crowd to give you energy. Do your job. We'll cheer when you make us happy. But don't ask us to win the game for you. But on the other hand, is Grayson really wrong? I mean, really think about it. If the crowd is loud, intense, and crazy at the beginning, and is any crowd really great during a bad first quarter? No, not really. So am I kind of living in utopia by even talking about it? Yes, I am. Be be truthful. Yes, I am. But if you are at a fever pitch despite a 10-0 run from the other team, then maybe you are giving life to this team. Maybe it's like a reminder as the place becomes a library, maybe players check out mentally. And maybe if you brought it, it's like, hey, hey, you know what? These guys believe in us. We're letting them down. It's kind of a wake-up call. Let's go. Let's get going. I'm not so I think he's exactly right in what he said. But just like I'm telling you, I do think it's utopian. Well, he was asked about how did his crowd comments go? Because you can imagine there were some people that ripped him, there were some people that supported him, and there were some people that like, yeah, it doesn't matter. I didn't see the reaction. I was hoping I worded it well so it was taken the right way. Um, it was coming from a good place, and I wasn't really thought out, so uh, I assume that I didn't say it as well as I possibly could. Um, the gist of it is that, like, of course they can come and cheer, boo, however they want, um, but when we're out there, we are giving effort. Like, we're not trying to play bad. It's not a lack of effort thing. Um, 
And when you see whenever we're playing bad and you see guys on the bench trying to encourage each other, um, all I'm saying is that it helps if the fans are also encouraging and not booing at home court. Um, and then when we have times where we went on the run, like that was like a top five regular season crowd actually in the fourth quarter that I've ever been a part of. Like that was, it was so loud in there. And that's for being a really good home court team. Um, it takes the crowd, like the crowd does help in the game. And so all I was trying to say is that they can help. They don't have to, but they can if they want to. It is seriously the weirdest argument you could possibly have because I don't see how anybody can be proven wrong on this argument. I, I, I Really, how can you be wrong? If you say, why should I cheer when you're not giving the maximum effort? You're right. If you say, how dare you tell me how I need to be a crowd, you're here to entertain me, you stink, I'm mad. Let's go. Does, do Philly, should Philly fans, are they mean? Should Philly, you know, what, are, where do you want us? It's a good point, and you're right. At the same time, look at your own life for a second. I mean, seriously, these are human beings that are playing, Okay. If you, what, what, think about the time that you screwed up at work. I mean, you really screwed up at work. Okay, what was it? Did you, uh, whatever it was, whatever it was that you did that you know, that no matter what you say, it was on you. Now, what's the difference between a bunch of coworkers and your boss is going, boo, hey, I got to get this done and I can't because of you. Let's go. Ah! And somebody else, a whole group of them saying, hey, okay, you haven't gotten it done. Let's face it. You haven't got, but let's go. But let's go. Okay. Come on now. And uh, hey, how you doing? I need you. Let's go. Let's go. And they start pumping you up. And it's almost, hey, we forgive you for the crappiest last seven minutes of my life. I'm here for you. We support you. Let's go. Let's go. I mean, is it high school, Harry? It, yeah, it is. But what's weird about professional athletes is they're adults. They have mature lives off the court. This is their job. But at the same time, part of them is never matured because they only know basketball from the junior high then high school to college and then pro and every level people get angrier that's all they know imagine being the difference imagine if the clippers go on a 12-0 run at footprint center and all of a sudden everybody stands up and let's go come on let's go let's go and they start cheering and all of a sudden the sun's in a bucket and then every defense defense yeah yeah and then you get a stop You start telling the guys, we know this isn't acceptable. I think that stuff is cool. Now, I am unbelievably spoiled, and I really don't deserve your respect on my opinion. I'm being honest. I I grew up on the Big Red Machine. All right? I thought it was normal for 45,000 people to go to a Tuesday night baseball game. All right? But the the batting order of the 76 Reds, okay – the number eight hitter was Cesar Geronimo. You'd have to look it up, but I think in 76, Cesar Geronimo batted like 332. The eight hitter is batting 330. Who do you walk? 
they were unbelievable how good they were. And the intensity of the way Pete Rose played the game, the way Johnny Bench played the game, they were, it was crazy. And that's all, that's what I thought was normal. And you might laugh at me when I talk about University of Dayton basketball, but they have 13,000 fans a night. And as soon as the other team scores seven straight points, people stand up and start clapping. Let's go. Let's go, boys. Let's go. And then I moved to Kansas City. 16,400 people at every single KU game screaming their heads off. The Royals were terrible every year except one year that I was there. And in the one year I was there, they were having 24,000 fans walk up. I'm not talking about season ticket orders. I mean, every night there were lines like crazy. It was finally you gave me something. I'm here for you the second you give me something to support you. Everybody talks about Arrowhead Stadium as the loudest football stadium. Seattle fans try to act like they are. No, you're not. No, you're not. Kansas City Chiefs fans turn the NFL into a college game of excitement, passionate fans. That's what I'm used to. That's what I thought was normal. I admit to you totally, my expectations of Phoenix fans are totally abnormal and totally unfair. But I'm... I'm if Grayson Allen wasn't a professional athlete, I would agree with what he said. But when you're a professional athlete, I do kind of, all right, what do you, it's kind of cheese ball here. Well, you need, what do you need from us? Like, I paid to see you entertain me. You're getting paid to work hard, and you're asking me to help you work hard? I've never seen any Suns player come to the studio and go, okay, come on, Doug, here we go, here we go. How many of you on a job site have ever seen the Suns show up in hard hats there to cheer you? Here we go. Weld, weld. Let's go, weld. Let's go, weld. Okay, it doesn't happen. So if you totally disagree with Grayson Allen and you want to rip him, you're right. But I kind of think he's right too, in a way. Do you respect me more now or think I'm nuts? That's kind of a fair question. Jeff Weir Production, what did you think about the last eight minutes of your life? I don't know. I kind of liked it. Okay. I can tell you're a little confused, too. All right. Let's give you the uh, the rundown for tonight. Suns, 6 o'clock at New Orleans. Coach Vogel, what do you see from the Pels? Because both of you have won eight of your last 11. Yeah, I mean, they're also eight and three in their last 11. You know, they're playing really good basketball. Made 25 threes last night against Charlotte. And, um, you know, if, uh, if Brandon Ingram's going to make seven threes, you know, with uh, with everything else he, that he can do, they're, uh, you know, they're a legit team. I mean, they're, they're big time and uh, real concern. They're, I would say they're further along in their continuity than we are in their system because they've been together longer, you know. But, um, you know, I like our chances against anyone. But they're, they're playing great basketball. This is this is a to me it's just a wonderful test to really see okay should we be paying attention in any way to that fourth quarter against Sacramento are you really building something okay you are you've got this game tonight against a New Orleans team that is the 5 seed so you want to catch them then you have a home back to back 
three games, four nights, uh, Sunday and Monday, with Sunday's game being against Chicago, who is the nine seed right now. Then you have, uh, or is it Indiana first? No, it's Indiana first on Sunday. So Indiana first, then Chicago in your three games and four nights. So you have the uh, the Pacers, which are the seven seed, then the Bulls, which are the nine seed. So both teams fighting for the playoffs, even though the Bulls are below 500. Then you start the massive road trip. Here we go. Are you guys, uh, should we believe in you or not? Grayson Allen, you want us to cheer? Okay. Let's see it. Let's see it start tonight. So it's, this, is a, this is a big time stretch. All right, coming up next, I want to do quick coyotes because Vancouver's good. But you know who I don't want to tell me they're good? The head coach. And then a lot of NFL breakdown, breakdown, breakdown. That's next. This is Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. And this is an exciting Beer Friday. And it's presented by Hunter Mile Brewing Company, Tempe, Scottsdale Road, Brewer Road, right off the 202. I got nothing else, Jeff. I'm ready. <laughs> Rosati Sports Pub in Chandler. It's on Ray and McQueen. Sounds like a sports bar. What's the difference? You walk in and they actually have games on TV with the sound on. How many times do you walk into a supposed sports bar and they've got loud music on or somebody playing live or some kind of trivia game going on and you're there to watch the game? If you're like me, a simple guy, give me my pizza, give me my wings, give me my cold beer and make sure I can hear the Suns and D-backs, then you want Rosati Sports Pub at Chandler. All members of the Unplugged Army, welcome. Rosati Sports Pub, give me the game. It's big, it's juicy, it's meaty. Get your burrito at Burrito Express. Burrito Express started with my father about 25 years ago. He got laid off and decided that he needed to do something to provide for his family. My brother and I were older teens, 17, 18 year old, and I'm going to do a trial out of my house. So literally we decided we're going to start out of his house. So we delivered uh, menus in a square mile area, literally started delivering burritos out of our home in Mesa, Arizona. And after about a month, he said, let's do this. Went and found his first location. And believe it or not, that's how it started. We started with one location back in 1995. Now we're where we are now. Little shock there hasn't been a coaching hiring yet in in the NFL. Um I, I think Atlanta is an interesting situation. They I think will give give full control to Bill Belichick, but they don't have a quarterback. But will the Chargers give full – the Chargers win Belichick if they give him full control? But it's a really th- – I'm really wondering where Belichick's ego is after his disastrous performance without Tom Brady. Will he look at the Chargers and say, it's proven to me now I've got to have a quarterback and therefore take the Chargers even if he doesn't have full power? Or is it the ego that says, I want to prove, again, I can have full power and build a team to win a championship? So then do you take the Atlanta job where you'll get full power, but you don't have a quarterback? I just, I'm really interested to see what Belichick, will know so much about the man based on what job that, uh, that he takes. 
I want to do quick Coyotes. They were a loser last night, 2-1. to one, Had it tied at the end of one and then gave up a goal late in the second, couldn't score in the third. They had good chances. It was a good hockey game yesterday. A little bit high on the penalty side, but the PK and Connor Ingram were really were rock solid in this game. But the reason why I want to talk about this, and this doesn't matter whether you love the Coyotes, hate the Coyotes, don't care about the Coyotes, don't even care about hockey. How do you want a professional coach to handle a situation? What do you expect? I am one where how many times have we heard a coach say any given Sunday in the NFL? Or, hey, they've got NBA players too. Or all of the lines about why losses happen. Okay? What about the flip side? All right? If, if you believe in your team, why can't they do it at any moment? And I, I don't like the the moral victory thing. Now, as a youth soccer coach at one point in my life, I was totally thrilled with my girls when I knew before a game that team's better than we are. And we, even if we lost, if we lost by a goal in a hard-fought game, man, I would be jacked up for how well they played. But I also think that's okay for a 12-year-old girl, for an 8-year-old girl. I I want them to know all we can do is the process. All we can do is work hard, play like that, and, hey, if if their kids come from a better gene pool, or let's face it, if their coach is better than me, that's not your fault. You played hard, great job. But when I get that at the pro level – it always rubs me the wrong way. Tell me how you feel. They lost to Vancouver, two to one. Vancouver right now are they still the number one team in hockey? Yes, by a point over the Bruins. So Vancouver is the best team in the NHL right now. They got sixty four points. So you lost two to one. Just missed some chances to be able to tie it. Just missed against the best team in hockey in their building. Yes. That should probably happen. But I don't want to be all proud about it. Oh, we played we played hard, we played solid. I think in the they're a really good team. They're fast, they're 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 good. In the first period, uh, my feeling after the period is that's the best team we played. And uh, they were fast, hard on puck, they play well, the structure. And uh, we uh, we got better during the game, every shift I think our guys work extremely hard. We had good puck pressure, we defend really hard. If it was not the number of penalty we took, I think we played uh, rock solid and five on five. Yeah. So we played rock solid five on five, took a lot of penalties, but still didn't get blown out. I can understand if you disagree with me because basically what he's saying is they're better than we are and we proved we're close. So that that means something because nobody came into this game thinking we're better than Vancouver, but we did prove to ourselves we're right there with a good team. We're right there. Uh, Okay. I... I just don't want to get all that excited because you worked hard. I don't want to get all that excited because you played hard. You lost. And you had a bunch of games this year where you didn't play hard. And when you have so many games in the season where you didn't play hard, then I'm kind of like, don't get me excited. Where? Because you feel like we played hard today.
It's not hard to play hard against Vancouver. Where it gets hard is when you play hard against, you know, a crappy team. Oh, boy, we got the Sharks in town. Uh, how hard are you playing? That's uh, – if – I feel like he's saying this is a moral victory. We're happy. I'd love your opinion on Town Hall Tuesday. And it doesn't matter whether it's a hockey opinion, whether you are totally okay with it. Doug, what do you expect? It's the best team in hockey. We're not the best team in hockey. And we held our own. Great job. Great job. And I'm like, "Eh, I I don't care about your moral victory. Win the game. You're pros. Win the game. Would I have gone into the game picking the Coyotes? Hell no. Like, no way am I doing that. Come on now. And they played well. Okay, so what? You guys haven't done it consistently enough in this stretch to get excited about it. All right, let's get to football. There's a, a bunch of stats that I really like to, uh, to kind of compare and contrast. Whether you're a gambler or not, I think some of these stats can lead you into who's going to win if you care about wagering on it. But at the same time, if you just love the game, I think that you're into what might be done when these things come together. So here's what I put together. A little bit of a stat chart. And uh, and blame me, I did not have time to get this stat chart to Jeff Weir Productions. So those of you watching on WTSMTV.com, if I was good at my job, we would show you the stats right now on the screen. But I let me first explain my favorite stat. I think that this goes so well into showing whether or not you're a good team because I do believe defense wins championships. It's your defensive quarterback rating. So you know your own quarterback has a rating. Defensive quarterback rating is how good do you allow the other quarterback to be? The best team in all of football, at defensive quarterback rating, meaning the team that does the best job of making your quarterback look pedestrian is the Baltimore Ravens. They're number one. With the Ravens at one, they're taking on Houston, and Houston's mid- dead middle of the pack. They're 16th. Now, when you, when you hear that, you say, okay, what, is that, what does that really mean? What that really means is, When you play up against the Houston Texans, it doesn't matter what your quarterback is. They make average quarterbacks look average. And they make good quarterbacks look good. Lamar Jackson is is the probable MVP. So that's not a good thing. So I think you know this, but 90 as a quarterback rating is good. Anything above 100 is excellent. When you face Baltimore's defense, your quarterback only has a 74 rating. He does that poorly. Houston, when you take on Houston, he's at an 89. Not only are they in 16th place, but they are like right at the good line, basically, at 89. I don't think that's good to have the MVP quarterback going up against a defense that makes you look, that makes good quarterbacks look good. So I think that's a problem. So from that stat, I like uh, uh, Baltimore. The, uh, the fourth best team in this stat is the San Francisco defense. The 49ers make your quarterback have a 79 rating. So anything below 80 is bad, and your quarterback is bad when he faces the 49ers. While they're taking on a Green Bay team whose defense is all the way down to 25th, 
your quarterback has a 94 rating against the Green Bay defense. So we're taking on a hot Brock Purdy with arrested Christian McCaffrey. And we have a defense that makes average quarterbacks look good. Bad quarterbacks look average. And good quarterbacks look great. Okay? That's really bad for the Packers in this game. So those are the Saturday games. And it's the two number one seeds. And from that stat, it's all one seeds. San Francisco and Baltimore. Now, here's what's interesting about the two other games is how evenly matched they are on the Sunday docket. Tampa Bay's 23rd ranked, Detroit's 24th. So, therefore, when you look at it through that prism, they both make good quarterbacks look slight. They make average quarterbacks good. Good quarterbacks great. So you might like the over if you like to talk gambling because here are two teams that make the other team's quarterback look good. I didn't realize this, but Buffalo and Kansas City, they're amazingly similar. They're at six and seven in this stat. Kansas City makes your quarterback have the sixth best rating or sixth worst rating in the league. And Buffalo's at seven. So it looks like this. Buffalo 82, Kansas City 82, but a higher decimal point. So they're right there where your average quarterback has a little bit of a below average game. But I don't think that's going to affect quarterbacks that we would totally believe are completely elite. That lets me know the weather to me is going to have more of an effect than the defense in this game. But the defenses are both pretty good. Pretty good at stopping the quarterback. All right. There's another stat that I love. And that is your rushing yards per attempt. Rushing yards per game aren't bad. There isn't a bad stat. The problem with it per game is it goes into so much of how is the game ending. If you're up by 20, are you running the ball all the time so kind of your average goes down? Are you able to run the ball when everybody knows you're going to run the ball? If you're trailing in the game, are you really getting the yards for the total game? Yeah, there's a lot of factors. To me, rushing yards per attempt is simple. We wanted to run the ball. Could you stop us? That's what it is. So then there's the flip side, rushing yards per attempt against. Rushing yards against means simply when they run the football, how much do you let them get? So you can kind of juxtapose those two stats against each other. So Baltimore and Houston, both two of the best teams, Baltimore at running, Houston at stopping the run. And then in reverse, Houston's one of the worst teams in football at rushing the football. They are 29th in rushing yards per attempt. So there's only three teams who are worse at running the football than they are. Yet Baltimore's only 25th at stopping the run. So what do you do if you're Baltimore, you know the strength of your running game is going against the strength of their defense. And what do you do if you're Houston, if all year you've been bad at running the football, but Baltimore's bad at stopping the run? So I'll go back to my quarterback stat and say why I like Baltimore on that game. Another one, which to me is the one I meant, which really shows you strength versus weakness. The 49ers are the fourth best team at rushing the football with Christian McCaffrey. Some of the runs from Brock Purdy hand the ball off to Debo Samuel from time to time. Maybe use check two carries a game. San Francisco's the fourth best team at rushing yards per attempt. Green Bay's defense is all the way down at 24th in rushing yards per attempt against. This should be a field day.
where that translates for me is into some of the things of, if you care about gambling, NFL betting odds of actually betting on some players for San Francisco to score a touchdown. There's actually bad negative juice on Christian McCaffrey scoring a touchdown. So I wouldn't touch that. But I would look long and hard about a Brandon Ayuk, or really since Debo Samuel gets some carries every now and then, a Debo Samuel. I would look long and hard at some of those guys being able to score touchdowns and seeing what kind of juice you can get on some of those players. Um, When I look at the uh, Detroit-Tampa Bay game, this is really interesting. Tampa Bay is the worst team in the NFL at stopping or at running the football. The worst. They are 32nd in rushing yards per attempt. The Detroit defense is third best at stopping it. That's, to me, going to make Baker Mayfield unbelievably one-directional. Crazy one-directional. You could argue maybe that stat won't hold true, but I think the only way for him to win is to throw the football. And remember what I said about Detroit's defense. They're only 23rd when it comes to defensive quarterback rating. They make an average quarterback look good. But they destroy the running game. I think Detroit's going to run away with this game against Tampa Bay. And my reasoning behind it is I don't think Baker Mayfield's going to have a good game trying to communicate in front of the loudest crowd he's ever played against. I think that's going to be too tough. And so they won't let him run the football, so he's got to throw it. And then to throw, you've got to communicate your hot reads and your checks in front of that fan base. I really like Detroit uh, in this game a lot. And then in the other category, the other game rushing yards per attempt, uh, both Kansas City and Buffalo are bad at stopping the run and average at running. They're clearly both passing teams. That's I think you throw that out because it's going to be such a weather-related game that how much is each team going to run? That might be who wins this whole thing in that weather who runs the ball the best when neither team stops it really well and both teams are average at actually running the football and the last stat i like especially in the buffalo game your red zone td percentage what that means is every time you get into the red zone how often do you score a touchdown what percent okay when you look at that, the number one team, you probably it's probably easy to guess this, the number one team in all of football is San Francisco. Look at the weapons they have in the red zone. So they are the best team in football at converting a trip to the red zone into six points. Green Bay, very average at handling that. Very average. They're 12th. So that really bodes well. While the Packers are right with San Francisco when it's their offense versus the 49er defense. Green Bay is 17th in conversions from red zone to end zone. San Francisco's 15th in stopping you. Now, if you're a Packers fan, you're kind of looking at that and saying, wait a minute. A lot of those stats got built up at the beginning of the year as we were playing, you know, poorly. And we're getting better all the time. We're a young team. We're getting better all the time. Judge us based on that. Okay, you know, that might be fair to, uh, to say that. And I'll give you that. So, you know what? Let me look up their red zone TD percentage, but in a different uh, category. I'll go by the last three games. So, the last three games of the regular season, at least, Green Bay – 
has upped their total. They were 17th, and then now they're about 14th. <laughs> so it's a little better, but not enough for me to get all excited about it. Another reason why I like San Francisco. Um, Detroit is the second best team. I had no idea until I looked this up. They're the second best team at going from end zone to red zone. But Tampa Bay is the third best team at not allowing you to score a touchdown despite you being in the end zone. So if you're watching this game and you want to show off, like if you're in a, if you got a group of people over, you want to kind of show off your knowledge a little bit. Whenever uh, Detroit gets in the red zone, just say, I think this is the game right here. I think I would say it both times, actually. I would say anytime somebody's in the red zone, I would say this is the game right here. Because here's why. Remember your teams. Detroit, one of the best red zone to end zone. Tampa Bay defense, one of the best end zone to red zone. Tampa Bay offense, de- or number 30, almost dead last red zone to end zone. Detroit's only 27th best. At stopping you from going red zone to end zone. So whoever does better in the red zone, other than turnovers is always the deal. But whoever in that game does better in the uh, in the red zone is really going to win. So that's why I love uh, in this, I love three home teams, San Francisco, Detroit, and Buffalo at winning. I like all three of them covering, and I'm not touching a weather game other than the under. I like the under in Buffalo and Kansas City. If you care, it's the one seeds on Saturday, the other games on Sunday. We've got a packed weekend. Suns tonight. You, uh, ASU U of A at home, GCU on the road Saturday. We've got Houston, Baltimore, Green Bay, San Francisco Sunday. Or excuse me, on Saturday. And then the Sunday games, Tampa Bay is at Detroit. The Chiefs are at Buffalo and the Suns play at home Sunday night. And I forgot the Yotes. The Yotes have a midday game tomorrow. They play at 1 o'clock tomorrow at home against Nashville. All right, let's bring in. Uh, Steve McCollum, host of the main event on this Beer Friday, thanks to 100 Mile Brewing Company. Steve, uh, I just gave a statistical breakdown, breakdown, breakdown. Are there any games, this football games this weekend, where you say, okay, here's our advantage after your conversation with uh, your sweet Lou yesterday? No, no, no. Um, that's the bad thing about it, man, is, uh, you know, I mean, he gave us some ideas, but a lot of it was, um, you know, a lot of it was teasing uh, points down oh, and, and, okay, okay. and going with two different, you know, games to make the odds more in your favor is what he's suggesting for this weekend. Uh, just these numbers are tough, man. Nine, yeah. nine points for two of the games, six and yeah. a half for another. And, and six and a half scares you. God bless you if you take a six and a half and don't tease it down because, you know, you can get a backdoor cover pretty easily in this yeah. game, you know. And then other uh, – I. I I think I'm sure you've heard it, but other than people asking about how much the weather conditions are going to affect the Detroit game. Yeah. yeah. It's just just classic. But other than that, we've, you know, the weather's not going to be great in Baltimore. It's going to be, well, it's going to be snowy and windy. That's that's the question. It's going to be a disaster in Buffalo to be able to hand that one. And San Francisco should be, you know, for the most part, might might be windy in a a, a case of crying, you know, from, from the fans there. (laughs) But, 
you know, a bunch of whiny babies up there in San Fran. <laughs> Even though that's true, I, 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 don't hear, I don't hear you running and saying Packers are dominating this game. No, I mean, I didn't give the Packers a chance last week against the Cowboys, knowing that the Cowboys fail in the playoffs. I'm certainly not doing it this week, and that's going to be – take, take the over nine and a half in that one. You got more courage than I do. I totally understand anybody that said Cowboys will choke. The track record's yeah. in your favor. But I thought a two versus a seven no, and a young no. upstart no, team, I yeah. actually thought Dallas would lose in this round. I, I didn't think they'd yeah, lose no, last No, week. that's what I'm saying. I mean, even with uh, Denver or Dallas's failures in the playoff, nobody thought they yeah, were losing yeah, that game last week. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You thought the meltdown would be this week. And, uh, but, I, but I'm not giving the Packers. I'm sorry, Packers fans. I just, uh, I just can't get on your bandwagon. I, I, the most game I'm most cautious about is the first one, Baltimore and Texans. Is now, it really? Wow. Well, just because Baltimore, off of a bye week, guys have rested for two weeks now, weather's going to be a little bit bad. Yes, they're focused. Uh, Houston's offense is is a fun offense. It's high scoring at times. Now they're an indoor team going outdoors for the first time. Last time they played outdoors was in Cleveland a few weeks ago, and it was disastrous for them in their weather. Uh, so I'm not saying uh, it's going to be a close game, but this is the game that I'm most intrigued with. That they're, it, Baltimore's going to win it, but it's going to be closer than you think it's going to be. It got, could be. I got to do something unfair. I admit it's unfair. Don't do things that are dangerous. Don't do things that are unsafe. Put your family first at all times. But how is the funniest story in the NBA not the fact that DeAndre Ayton finally is yeah. healthy and can't get to a game because he says the ice yeah. was so terrible in his neighborhood that he couldn't get out what? and the team actually yeah. sent people to help him get out that's the worst part of it was they sent a rescue crew yeah. <laughs> uh, and he still couldn't get out I know. look the guy's from the islands man he doesn't know what <sighs> ice is no he, and I get it I he's get from it. the islands and then Air, Tucson and Phoenix yes. I mean yeah. come on guys he's probably never he's never seen an ice unless it's in a pina colada i totally get it and listen it and it doesn't matter whether you're from canada okay unless mm-hmm. you living in portland i don't think they invest in a ton of salt no so you, yeah. you it, it, people think oh you're in the north you know how to drive on ice no truthfully nobody drives on actual yeah. ice yeah. we drive on salted roads and there's an ice patch did he Can really miss a game yeah he missed a game because That's his right. neighborhood yeah. was iced over on the roads and he says he couldn't get out yeah and wow. portland trailblazers sent rescue crews to try to desalinate every uh, try to salt the roads not desalinate they tried to salt the roads and he still couldn't get out and he yeah. missed the game but at the same time the portland people couldn't get into the neighborhood either I know. That's so true. that cha- i look it's easy to make fun of it it's easy to have some fun with it but they couldn't get in either and so, i admit if it was yeah. any other player in the league i would be like man that stinks yeah, that's tough yeah. when's that's the last tough. time a player missed out because of weather conditions I don't. I, I don't think it's ever happened, I right? Can't think, and I if it is going to happen, don't you make up a story like, oh, uh, oh, the knee uh, flared up yeah. and still not ready to come because it was supposed yeah. to be his first game back. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my you gosh. make something up, you know, even if it's he sneezed and his back is he tweaked his back or something ridiculous like that. Anything's better for DeAndre Ayton than that story. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. A tough stretch for the Suns now, starting mm-hmm. tonight. Are you a believer that 
here we go? Or are you kind of thinking this is going to be proof positive? They're just not a collection they're, that could do They're that. five and four since the big three have been playing together, which is a winning record, uh, but it's not as dominating yeah. as you think. Um, I'm even more worried today about the Suns because of the Grayson Allen trade rumors. You're going to trade your best player? That doesn't make sense to me. Uh, and that's, right. a, that's a squash that immediately, Suns. And if they don't squash it, that's worrisome at that point that you're going to unload your best player other than the big three. I, I'm this team. There's something going on with this team that we don't know about. Yeah, and I'm, I admit I'm one that's saying you need a point guard, but I said not, it all year. Yeah. Not at the cost of Grayson Allen. Now, if you would have told me at the beginning of the year, hey, you know, we're going to see if we need a point guard, right. and if we find out we do, we're going to trade Grayson what? Allen. I would have said, okay, that makes sense. What's going on? It with, doesn't anymore. What's going on with Damian Lee? Hmm? Does the guy not heal? <laughs> You know, is it is it just you know perpetual uh, injury list here? What's going on with him? Yeah, I, he, he's a he's a natural point guard. Why where's he, why, why isn't he getting better? Yeah, I'm I'm a little worried that there's there's they're not being as forefront because and and they but, don't expect a lot from him. And, well, that's and we certainly issue. won't yeah. know by February eighth. That's yeah. the problem. Well, that's the issue, right? Yes. And, uh, look, if the Suns trade uh, Allen in this situation, I'm just gonna you're just gonna I'm just gonna give up all hope. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, our one guy that's performing above levels when he's able to play and everything. And oh, let's just get rid of that guy. Yeah. Uh, the. I mean, I am. Listen, I'm the type of person. Everybody's tradable, depending on what. Like I made the joke today. If you're trading Grayson Allen for Shea Gilgis Alexander, okay. Yeah, right. Well, but, that's different. But I, yeah. somehow, it's like, are you drugging Oklahoma City yeah. before? Right. You, I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah. they're not saying yes. If you can get an aging LeBron for Grayson Allen. Oh, yeah, exactly. okay. If you're going to okay. twist my arm, yeah, but that's exactly. not happening. But in, in the. But. In the world of actual logistics that's where the Suns are you think about it if you agree don't trade Grayson Allen and you agree of course they're not trading Booker or Mm -hmm. uh, Durant you're only left with Beal or a collection of guys nobody wants. Yeah, Nurkic, Bates, Diop, yeah. uh, things like that. Like, I, mean, I would, I would like Nurkic, but I'm not giving you a ton for him. But, I'm not saving yeah. your season with a point but guard. You so. know, the NBA is man, guys will take contracts that are That's bad true. to, to unload them and, and buy out. But don't forget, I mean, a trade's not even necessary. The bigger thing for me is that the Suns haven't shut down the Allen uh, trade rumors, mm-hmm. uh, and, which tells me that maybe there's talk about it. Uh, but the other side of that is, don't forget. Yeah, there's going to be a huge buyout market in the NBA coming up. So you don't necessarily have That's to true. make a trade. It's a great there's point. There's going to be some high-quality veteran guys that are traded, that they get cut, that you can bring in here. Uh, so I wouldn't. I, I would rather not trade and go buyout market than I would trade a Grayson Allen. I don't want them to shut down the Allen rumors publicly because publicly, what does it matter? I care about how are they handling it individually. Well, are they going to Grayson yeah. Allen saying, hey, we just want you to know. Unless somebody comes up with a stupid yeah. trade yeah. of uh, Michael Jordan, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, <laughs> LeBron, and Bird, yeah. okay, then we, we're going to trade We're going to get Giannis for Grayson Allen. Yeah. Uh, then you're gone, kid, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, but – even if they do that behind the scenes, it there comes a time when you hear rumors and things like that, and you're constantly having to ask yep. questions that it affects you, whether you like it or not, and it affects the team as yep. well. So you can say whatever you want behind the scenes, but if you're still hearing those rumors out there, you're having to have press conferences yep. about it like you did yesterday, it eventually grades down on you, and you start to think – Maybe they're lying to me, and that's not a good thing, man. Yeah, you only got about like seven seconds, but what's coming up on the main event? Uh, Look, uh, Football Friday, of course. uh, You know, games are duds this weekend, but you can find some good and things to look for. We'll, we'll of course, touch that up. Um, I got, oh, man, we're going to make fun of Texas again as well, so. Okay.
a big conversation piece to have here. Is the heater over? Last night I got punched in the face. Got punched in the face last night. So the heater was sitting at 18-2-1. Doing really, really well. And then I went 0-2 last night. And the Grand Canyon game, come on. Really both games. Izzy, you have some explaining to do. I took Toronto plus the two and a half against the Bulls last night. Toronto has a 109-108 lead. 109-108 lead. In the last minute of the game, they give up an 8-1 run to the Bulls. What? 8-1 run with a minute left. Chicago wins 116-110. You only had to be within two and a half points. You're up by one with a minute? Like, even if you would have lost by a three, like if it's a tie game and the the Bulls hit a three and I lose, I'd have been crushed. But, like, you know what? I knew it's going to be a close game. But you give up an eight-to-one run? So I lose that game. It's all right. I'm not losing the Grand Canyon game. Grand Canyon favored by 13-and-a-half against Utah Valley. They're up by 20. Life is good. The bench comes in and gets destroyed. Utah Valley with the backdoor cover. I told you it was a 13-and-a-half point spread. Grand Canyon wins the game. 78-65. to Mikey, the hook. The hook. Oh, my God. Come on, bench. Come on, Coach Drew. Coach Drew, why are you saying in the huddle, guys, it's a 13 and a half point spread. Let's go. So I go 0-2 yesterday. Can I redeem myself today? Does the heater bounce back today? I, I don't know. I got, I'm going against two teams in back-to-backs NHL-wise, okay? I'm going to take the Florida Panthers over the uh, Minnesota Wild. I will take them to cover the, the uh, puck line at minus one and a half. And I've got New York Islanders doing the same thing. That They're a road favorite. And I'm taking them on the puck line. That's a little bit of a stretch to say you're going to cover um, the one and a half. The problem is the juice is minus 250 on the Islanders. I'm really confident the Islanders are going to win tonight. But that's a little tough. Chicago was in Buffalo, played last night, then flew back home to take on the Islanders. And the Islanders were already in Chicago. So I got NHL-wise, I got Florida, and I got the Islanders both covering. And then NFL-wise, I kind of gave you some hints on what I'm thinking. I got, uh, right now, I got lucky. I had Baltimore minus nine and a half, but the line just changed to minus nine. So I lost the hook. So I'm okay there. Steve McCollum is right. Do not make a habit in playoff games of taking high spreads. But I really like the one seeds dominant over the other two teams. I don't think Green Bay is ready for this moment. I actually like Houston. I just think Baltimore is going to be able to handle the weather. And I think Lamar Jackson's going to have a good game. So I like both uh, home teams being able to cover minus nine for the Ravens, minus nine and a half for the 49ers. I love the Lions by a touchdown. 
I love, I like the Lions by the touchdown because I don't believe in Baker Mayfield in a playoff format being able to, he won't be able to run the football against that rush defense. And I think that crowd's going to have an effect. I like the Lions. And then Chiefs Bills, I have no idea who's going to win. But I really think the weather is going to be good enough to limit the scoring. There's no way in a September game the the total would be at 45 and a half. Okay? You know full well that would be a total in the 50s. But I think the weather's going to play even a bigger factor than Vegas is giving it credit for. So I'm going to take the under the 45 and a half for the Chiefs and Bills. All right, that does it for today's version of Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Please do not forget um, to join us for our big event coming up, our sanctioned event in which we're golfing at Whirlwind. It'll be February 23rd. Give Sweet Lou a little bit of time to be able to coordinate with the spa and with the casino hotel to be able to create a great Valentine's Day package. All right? But when we get it ready, go to unpluggedatwhirlwind.com to be able to sign up. Unpluggedatwhirlwind.com. Remember that website. You're going to use it as soon as I give you the go code on how to save money. But we're going to put together a great Valentine's Day package for you and your spouse. And I think you're going to have just an absolutely fantastic time. I be- Listen, I'm, I'm good faith effort, but I just love my interaction and the people at 100 Mile Brewing Company. So I admit to you, I'm, star- I'm staring right at you. I flipped them a freebie today. They're still getting the sponsorship of Beer Friday presented by 100 Mile Brewing Company because they're just outstanding people and I believe in them and I don't, I, I want to support. I want to support the people that are trying to support the Unplugged Army. But never forget the the first ever sponsor of Doug Franz Unclub, uh, Unplugged. I don't even know the name of our own show. That is Bell's National Kitchen, Old Town Scottsdale. They're on just off of Scottsdale Road on Main Street. And when I say just off of, I mean it's about 50 feet to the east of Scottsdale Road. Plenty of parking before spring training gets underway. You'll love Bell's National Kitchen. Best sandwich in all of Arizona is the National Hot Chicken Sandwich. I love the Iceberg Chicken Tender Wedge Salad. It's fantastic. The best sports bar, the one that sports us, is Rosati's, located and only the one that Ray and McQueen in Chandler. Remember that. The best burrito, best breakfast burrito, definitely. And to me, man, that steak and salsa burrito, top notch. That is Burrito Express. If you're a business owner and you really want to pick up your group, really get them excited about life, get Burrito Express to cater a lunch and surprise everybody. Contact Burrito Express and say, hey, here's what I'm looking for. I got this many people. They'll walk you through it, and then they'll load you up for lunch, and I think you will hit a home run. And then if anything goes wrong with your heating, cooling, plumbing, or electrical this weekend, please remember Parker and Son, 602-2-REPAIR. That's 602, the number two, the R-E-P-A-I-R for Parker and Sons, heating, cooling, plumbing, and electrical. This has been a fantastic week, Unplugged Army. Thanks for your support, for the sponsors, for us and all of us here at WTSM-TV. Big things are coming up on the home of the Rattlers. The main event's up next. Have a great weekend.